1: Welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. Here's Alexis Sanchez. What
3: a finish! Walcott's going to go through and score into the middle.
0: Giroud is two.
1: Hello and welcome to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast for the week of the fifth of October, 2015. I'm Russell Hargreaves. On today's show, we'll be talking to Aaron Ramsey about the Rugby World Cup. Premier League reporter Paul Belverson is our Arsenal insider and Adrian Clark is here again to assess the Gunners' season so far. But let's kick off with the weekend review. Arsenal's Premier League title credentials were given an early test when they hosted Manchester United at the Emirates Stadium on Sunday afternoon. But the Gunners were fired up for the challenge and it only took Alexis Sanchez six minutes to open the scoring. Uh, Depay unable to get to the second ball. And Arsenal come forward once again. This is Ramsey looking for Ozil, who's onside, looks to pull it back across a face of goal! And you have to say, even though we've only had five minutes here, it had been coming. It's the second time in three games that Ertzel has assisted Alexis this season. The Geo's certainly enjoying playing alongside each other at the moment. Well, the Gunners didn't have to wait long to double their lead as Ertzel opened his account for the season just 60 seconds later. Santi Cazorla coming forward, looks to play the ball for Alexis. His flick for Ertzel. No, it's with Walcott coming forward. Inside the penalty, area. still Theo Walcott looking for Ertzel. Two down! Manchester United in complete disarray here. Mesut Özil teed up inside the box, could hardly miss. David De Gea, rooted to the spot, and it's Arsenal 2, Manchester United nil. Well, i tell you what, normally you've got to
0: worry about the other team attacking you when you've just scored a goal. But i tell you what, you've got to worry about Arsenal every time Manchester United take a central kick today because we just took the ball off them, went down the other side. It was a great little run from Theo straight away, he made a good decision not to take the shot on and to lay it off to Ozil, and what a lovely, delightful finish. And the flick to start it all off, it was just counter-attacking... Supreme Arsenal
1: and Alexis weren't finished there as the Chilean scored his sixth goal in a week and the Gunners' third of the day inside the opening 20 minutes at the Emirates. Manchester United 2 0 down, Arsenal 2 to the goods and a 3 0 success would see Arsenal jump into second place in the Premier League behind Manchester City level with Manchester United. Alexis coming forward for Arsenal, edge of the area, still going. Alexis gets the shot away. What a strike! Alexis, who has got another here. We've only had 20 minutes, and Arsenal lead by three goals to nil. Theo Walcott was heavily involved in all three Arsenal goals, and Arsene Wenger was full of praise for the England forward in his post-match press conference.
0: I must say, uh, Walcott had a hugely committed performance today, and a very convincing way one. He
4: didn't score, but I like to praise the strikers when they don't score, and. Uh, <clears throat> contribute and he assists. He was involved in two, two goals, the Yosin one and the Sanchez one. And he did really fight today. He's shown that he's not only uh, he can fight and commit and protect the ball as well. He's gaining some aspects of of his game as a center forward are, are
1: improving. The win was the perfect response to the disappointment against Olympiacos last Tuesday and sees Arsenal leapfrog Manchester United into second place, just two points behind Manchester City going into the international break. It was also Peter Cech's fourth Premier League clean sheet in Arsenal colours already, and the goalkeeper was pleased with how well the Gunners stuck to their game plan.
4: Well, you know, he's always the way you see the, the game goes, but, uh, you know, we, we try to get uh, the game in our hands and 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 control the the pace of the game ourselves not to not to adapt to them and and the first uh, first uh, half uh, or especially half an hour we we did that we controlled the pace of the game we scored goals and they, they they couldn't get to their game you know they they usually have a lot of position but today today the first half we didn't allow them to have that well it shows that if you play if you play the game the way we play today you know focused and and uh, you process every, every second of the game with the right attitude and, and the composure, then obviously the quality we have, uh, we, can, we, can, uh, we can challenge uh, any team, and, and today we showed it. Well, that's our take on the weekend's action.
1: But what does our Arsenal insider think? Let's hear from another Arsenal insider on the Arsenal weekly podcast. Well, our Arsenal insider this week is the Premier League reporter, Paul Belveston. Paul, good morning, mate. Good to have you on the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. How are you?
5: Yeah, very good. Thank you very much for having me. You okay?
1: Yeah, not too bad, thanks, mate. Of course, you were at the Emirates Stadium. Uh, Your thoughts, first of all, on a a pretty momentous and a pretty exciting game?
5: Not sure I've ever seen a better 45 minutes in that first half. It was absolutely sublime, wasn't it? Devastating. The way that Theo Walcott, Alexis Sanchez, Mesut Ozil particularly... Combined up front was just phenomenal and absolutely demolished Manchester United. So, uh, you know, I don't think anyone was expecting that opening 20 minutes. That's exactly what everyone going to the Emirates wants to see.
1: And it's something obviously Arsenal need to replicate. We know they've got the potential to do it. We've seen it on several occasions, but maybe not quite to that quality. But again, needs to happen consistently.
5: Especially with Bayern Munich coming in a fortnight's time. That's the when. That's that's when to turn it on because um, that's the only sort of negative recently isn't it but the big negative was the Champions League performance against Olympiacos if they can turn it on like they did against United against Bayern then again the the lift that everyone got from the match yesterday will be replicated it'll be trebled, quadrupled, whatever you want to say and then you know if there's any lingering disbelief even after yesterday that a, that a Premier League title challenge is a, is a genuine and strong possibility this season and the fact that you know, the chances of getting back into the, the Champions League knockout stages again, it's all back on. But, you know, doing it again will be, will be a huge ask. But look at the talent out there. They, they can do it. And you show that work rate, that, that pace and passion and power and everything that was shown, especially in that first half yesterday. Obviously, second half, it was a little bit more consolidation, wasn't it? United were never going to get back in the, the game. If they can replicate that first half again against Bayern and in other big games coming up, who knows what this season could bring?
1: You mentioned, obviously, some of the attacking potential and attacking prowess. I mean, Theo Walcott has been really, really good, has he? And he seems to be now really cementing that place as the first-choice striker.
5: He got the, the crowd on his feet yesterday, didn't he, by uh, by just working so hard, by closing down David De Gea at, at one stage in the second half. I, I can't remember ever really seeing that before. But on top of that, a couple of assists, and he's scored, what, 12 goals in his last 14 Premier League appearances now so he's showing that he's got so many different attributes to his game he's not your traditional premier league striker is he your your traditional number nine in the in the premier league but he's showing he's got so many strings to his bow and will cause problems for any defense he's up against i think so he's clearly enjoying the role you can't really see how olivier giroux is going to get back in at the moment because walcott's playing so well
1: and then just behind him, when you've got a player like Alexis bagging another two, I mean, he's in red-hot form. We knew that the goals would come and it wouldn't take long. And when one came, probably several would come. And that seems to be exactly the case.
5: It is daft, isn't it? That only a week ago, or maybe eight, nine days ago, everyone was talking about how he hasn't scored yet. You know, is he, is he shattered after everything he had in the summer and the, the amazing first season he had? Can he, can he be that player again? And then five goals in two games and the, the nature of his goals as well. That, that flick for the first one was just wonderful. And then the power and the... you know, that His second goal against United was one of the best goals you're likely to see as well. So he has got everything. There's obviously this big concern after he cobbled off yesterday and we hope that he... Uh, you know, Chile are a bit sensible. Arsene Wenger said after the game that he's desperate to play in the two qualifiers against uh, Brazil and Peru in the international break. So it's, it's a bit of an anxious wait, but you know, he, he just—he seems a little bit bulletproof, doesn't he? Because he does get kicked a lot. He does get a lot of attention, shall we say, from uh, from defenders and so on, because he's such a threat and he's so good. He just—he just keeps getting up and keeps battling away. So there was obviously no reason for him to carry on the last ten minutes yesterday. Just hope that it's only a a minor little tweak in his groin or whatever, and he'll he'll shake it off and, and be back against Watford.
1: Now, Paul, we're going to get to a couple of tweets from listeners to the Arsenal Weekly podcast in a second. One is from a guy called at. Erzul assists. So before we get onto it, his Twitter handle actually is a little point we should raise, isn't it? Urzel assists. We're getting quite a few.
5: Ah, oh, he again. I. Uh, he can be a little bit infuriating, can't he, Mesut Erzul? He's a little misunderstood as well because because of the way he does sort of uh, strut around the pitch. Sometimes it looks like he could put in a bit more effort, but when he when he can conjure up the magic that he did yesterday, and he showed as well for that first goal. I think he uh, he he almost chased down a lost cause to then get the ball back from the byline, put it in for Sanchez for that amazing flick. But then good to see him on the score sheet as well. I think it was his first goal in nearly 30 games since April yesterday. And uh, that's been something that's apparently been nagging at him, but he can carve open any defense. He sees things that other players just simply can't. The, The goal, he set up for Sanchez at uh, Leicester as well with that little ball over the top. That's just wonderful to watch. And, you know, having him in the team is just is just fantastic. So, yeah, I'm sure your, uh, your Twitter follower has uh, enjoyed the last couple of games.
1: <laughs> now, his actual question was, is that our best ever win? I suppose in the real modern times, it's got to be up there, hasn't it?
5: Yeah, I mean, if you think of the modern era, the, you know, let's say the Arsene Wenger era, you've got such a, a long list of fantastic wins to choose from. In in the recent past, there have been these famous struggles against your top four rivals and, and title rivals. So, I think certainly you know, there was um, last season, Man City, but I think that, performance post- I don't remember seeing a better 45 minutes than that first half yesterday. That That really was electrifying and Again, the the atmosphere in the Emirates. You're going to be uh, hard pushed to remember a, a better atmosphere there as well, because everyone was so enthralled by what they were seeing, and it was just such a magical performance.
1: Now we've talked a bit about Arsenal's fast starts and needing to continue those already, but at ntah01 it says, how can Arsenal continue in this rhythm?
5: Well, that's the question, isn't it? Because it's impossible to do that 38 times in a Premier League season, but. I've never really understood the whole... So many times in a press conference before a game, the manager will say, oh, we need to start strong. You know, the start, the first 20 minutes is the key and all that sort of thing. And you think, well, why can't a player just do Or why can't 11 players always do it week in, week out? But, of course, there is so much going on. I thought there was a very interesting article in The, in the Telegraph yesterday by Gary Neville who was talking about the way top players prepare for games and visualise the battles they're going to have and all that sort of thing. Now, he was questioning whether Arsenal have got that. I think yesterday he put that to one side. There's, there can be no doubt that these players are clearly very hungry for success, hungry to win the big games. They've, they've clearly got their talent. That's never been in doubt. Perhaps the doubt has been over the mentality before. That should all now be put to bed. So I think it's fascinating to see what happens against Bayern Munich in a fortnight's time and plenty of other games to come. Of course, on top of all this, rather than just focusing on the big games, you've then got the banana skins. There have been plenty of big teams in the Premier League so far this season who've slipped up against teams you wouldn't expect them. West Ham obviously beat Arsenal early on and you know, they seem to be winning all the games they're not expected to win and, and losing the other ones. But you know Chelsea have been slipping up week in, week out virtually. Manchester City lost a couple of games that you weren't expecting. So there's got to be this focus every game. I don't quite know how you do that, but that's what champions do.
1: And Paul, as we let you go, of course, we're entering an international break now. Is it a frustrating time or a good time for Arsenal to potentially lose momentum or maybe just take stock and come back refreshed?
5: Well, I was in the tunnel post-match to do a couple of interviews and then I went into the press conferences yesterday. And it's interesting, that was that, that was kind of put to both managers. Arsene Wenger just says it's, uh, it's a kind of a time to pray, really, to make sure that no one comes back with any injuries, particularly serious injuries, of course. Um, Louis van Gaal was asked particularly is this a good time to have a break and he said no absolutely not after a performance like that after a result like that I need the players in to, to galvanise them again to, to restore their confidence it's the worst thing in the world that they're all going off after a defeat and I can't do anything about their mindset their, mind, their mentality and prepare them for the next game so I think all of the Arsenal players on the flip side are going away absolutely buzzing they're All of their national teams are going to benefit from the confidence and everything that comes with such a crushing win. So as long as everyone comes back injury-free, I expect the momentum to carry on, just because confidence is such a key thing in in football. So they'll they'll be riding a wave at the moment. But, of course, it's always fragile, as we know.
1: Paul, brilliant stuff. Thanks for coming on.
5: No problem. Thanks for having
1: me.
0: If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com host.
2: When it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance.
1: On the 6th of October 1973, Liam Brady replaced Jeff Blockley to make his Arsenal debut against Birmingham City. A graceful teenager with skill, vision and a rocket of a shot, Liam's first appearance gave fans at Highbury a memorable glimpse into the future of the club and it was a moment that the former midfielder will never forget.
4: Well, I remember it pretty clearly. Um, I was sub. Um... In those days there was only one sub per team and uh, for me as a 17-year-old to get on the subs bench was very, very exciting. Uh, And you're just hoping that you can get on at some stage but uh, it happened very quickly. I think Jeff Blockley, our sender back, got injured after 10 minutes and I was on Uh, and I played nearly all the game. And I played uh, very, very well and I got a great reception from the Arsenal fans and Arsenal beat Birmingham City 1-0 and uh, I got off to a great start to my professional career in the first team. Liam would go on to establish himself as an Arsenal legend, making
1: 307 appearances in the red and white, scoring 59 goals and creating countless others. However, his finest moment came at White Hart Lane in 1978, when he hit an unstoppable strike into the top corner to cap off a memorable 5-0 win against Tottenham Hotspur and evoke this classic piece of commentary from John Motson.
6: Free waiting again for the cross from Price. Stapleton. Oh, that Rice in there.
4: easy what can I say um, it, it was a it was a, a red letter day in, in Arsenal history to you know beat Spurs 5-0 at White Hart Lane uh, at Christmas time as well uh, and uh, there was a great atmosphere at the stadium um, and what a what a Christmas present for the Arsenal fans um, but we were we were so good on the day you know we were so sharp and Alan Sunderland was electric he got three goals and um, you know we had we, we had a team that was playing at its absolute peak and um, I think my goal was the Icing on the cake for the for the victory I, I managed to tackle Peter Taylor and take the ball off him and something I'd practiced for uh, a long time was shots with the outside of my foot from outside the box and and um, As soon as I hit it, I knew it was a goal. It was great great to go behind the goal and celebrate with the Arsenal fans.
1: Liam spent seven years in North London before leaving for Italy in 1980, winning back-to-back Serie A titles with Juventus and also spending time at Sampdoria, Inter Milan and Ascoli. He returned to Arsenal as head of youth development in 1996 and currently works as a club ambassador. Well, that's all for our history lesson this week. As we move from one FA Cup winner to another, we're going to hear next from Aaron Ramsey. Aaron Ramsey is on the verge of achieving history with Wales. Chris Coleman's side need just one more point to qualify for Euro 2016, their first major tournament since all the way back in 1958. In addition to that, his country's national rugby union team are of course still going strong at the World Cup, in stark contrast to England. And Aaron sat down with Arsenal media's Max Jones to discuss an exciting month for Wales.
3: So, Aaron, let's start by talking about the Rugby World Cup. We saw you, Francis, and Callum preparing for it on YouTube. Now that the competition's underway, how much are you enjoying it? Yeah,
6: I'm really enjoying it. Um, a, um, you know, a, it means, rugby means a lot to to me. You know, being Welsh is sort of bred into you to uh, you know, support the national team and yeah, I'm just really excited and looking forward to the rest of the, the tournament. But you know, we've had a good win the first game and you know, we have some tough games coming up now. So I'm really looking forward to watching them and seeing how we, we do against them. I mean, You've spoken before about your relationship
3: with a few of the players in the Wales national team. Did you get a chance at all to talk to them before they went
6: away? Um, yeah, I talked to a couple of them. Um, and yeah, they were very optimistic as well, and um, I'm looking forward to a, uh, to having a successful tournament. And you know, it hasn't helped with the, the injuries that we've had, but um, unfortunately, that's happened. And you know, is there's, there's still a lot of quality in the team where players can step up, um, step in, and and, uh, and handle themselves. So um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they
3: how they do the France team have been at the training ground today as well can you just tell us about what they've been
6: getting up to <laughs> yeah they come in today and watched a bit of training had a bit of lunch and stuff but uh, yeah um, you know it was uh, it was um, uh, yeah nice seeing them out onto the pitch but uh, no, I was thinking about kicking one or two of them but, uh, but no I saw the size on them and thought better off not doing that so uh but, uh, no, it's, it's, it's nice sometimes to have like um, you know other professionals in sport coming in and, and, and seeing how we do things and getting on sort of and having this conversation with them about about their profession and stuff as well.
3: So back to football, uh, you're on the brink of qualifying for Euro 2016, of course, with uh, with Wales. But seeing the support that the rugby teams received kind of giving you that boost to get over the line?
6: <clears throat> yeah, I think well we've had great support um, the whole nation's been behind us and um, yeah, we've definitely uh, um, felt their support in games and um, been sort of energised in games as well um, in the later stages where you know maybe we are a bit more tired and stuff but you know we've um, they've stood behind us and it's great having their support and hopefully we're giving them something back as well and to get to a final would be a, a great achievement from all of us. What would it mean, though, to you personally,
3: being able to represent your country at a major tournament?
6: Yeah, it was one of, <clears throat> was one of my uh, biggest goals to try and get this Welsh team to a finals. And, <clears throat> um, and yeah, we're on the verge of doing that, so it you know, would we'll definitely be up there with one of the greatest achievements that could do in my in, in the career. You know, Wales is. Um, relatively small compared to other other nations and stuff, and you know, to to be on the on the brink of creating history is uh, is quite a special achievement. And just finally, which do you think the average Welshman would prefer
3: for their rugby team to win the World Cup or for their football team to win the Euros? <laughs>
6: um, being a rugby nation, you know. and um, you know this, the support, um, the atmosphere on rugby days. You know, you can. There's a buzz around the whole country, and um, and you can feel that sort of creeping into the, well, coming into the football now. Now that we've been successful and over the last four seasons and stuff. So I don't really know. It's it's quite even at the moment. I think asked me a couple of years ago, I just said the rugby, but now I think football is definitely, you know, we've raised the bar and, you know, people are getting excited about us again.
1: Well, best of luck to Aaron and all the other gunners who are involved in international duty this week. But now it's time to speak to our man Adrian Clark. Well, of course, you can see Adrian Clarke on the Arsenal player on the Matchday show and every Monday for The Breakdown. Definitely don't miss that. And he joins me now to reflect on Arsenal's start to the season. Adrian, good morning, mate. How are you? Good morning. Very well, thank you. Yeah, Yeah, so the start to the season, obviously, as you've been hearing, Mm. some highs, Mm. the odd low, but just talk (laughs) me through how you feel.
0: Um, Well, on the back of the Manchester United victory, I'm feeling a lot, lot better, that's for sure. The league table looks well, doesn't it, with Arsenal sitting there in second place. I think what's most encouraging is the fact that that Arsenal haven't played consistently well, yet they are still very much in contention for the Premier League title. They're they're building. I think the home form has been a slow burner. Obviously, it was a disastrous opening day. But since then, I've seen gradual improvements in the Premier League home performances. And on our travels, we we still do look pretty resilient. So, So I think there are lots of reasons to feel encouraged, but we're not quite in top gear yet. Any specific reason why the Premier League form has really started to pick up in recent
1: weeks and as you say has put the Gullets up to second now? Well,
0: I don't know. It's difficult to say really. I think I think there's a bit of momentum. There's definitely a, a steely drive in the players' in the players' minds. I, I sense that against Manchester United. they were really, really up for that game. And I, I just think that they believe they're capable of challenging for the Premier League title this year. The Champions League I, I think as much as you, you'd love to win it, that it's the Holy Grail, I always think it's a long shot. And Arsenal have won two FA Cups. It just feels to me as if the Premier League has become the priority. And in my view, it's winnable this year because Man City have got their faults. As we saw at the weekend, Manchester United are not the finished article. And Chelsea are already miles behind. So, so Arsenal are in the race. Obviously, the Capital One Cup has been uh,
1: joyous so far, particularly that win over Spurs. That's another mm. strong outlet potentially as
0: well. Definitely, yeah. Why not try? Why not try and win every competition that we go in for? I thought it was a, it was a good performance at White Hart Lane. It, it was really pleasing. The managers mixed things up as he as he always does with his team selection, but but he got it right in, in, on that particular night. And I, I felt that most of the team came in and, and did a really good job. Flamini, in particular, caught the eye. It was a real shame that he picked up a hamstring injury, but he reminded everybody that he's not quite finished yet as an Arsenal player, he's still got something to offer.
1: Yeah, it's all about taking your chance, isn't it, when you come into the team or into the squad, and that whole hunger is very, very important, and it's something Arsenal have been doing for years, and actually, in a way, kind of pioneered, I
0: suppose. Yeah, I think so, but this this season it's different because most of the best young players are on loan already, so it's no longer a competition, or this season it isn't a competition for him to, to blood the kids, it's more to give the squad players valuable match practice. That is important. But you've got to get the balance right, haven't you? You don't want to be throwing away matches. You don't want to be going out of the competition at an early stage. So, no, I think think most of the players, not every player, but I think most of them... Took their opportunity at White Hart Lane. There, there were definite positives. Chambers did well, I thought, in that in that particular game, Flamini, Arteta too. So um so there are reasons and, and Alex Oxley Chamberlain, he must be frustrated that he's not in the starting lineup, but but he had a start and I thought he did really well that night. Nearly
1: scored at the weekend as well, didn't mm-hmm. he? So so close. Mm-hmm. Um Champions League, not so great, I think we can safely say so no. far. Um <laughs> Is it still worth, I say worth, but can Arsenal still deliver in that? Or almost, as you say, as the momentum kind of and the focus shifts to the Premier League. I just wonder how this is going to play out.
0: I don't think we're at that stage yet. I think you've got two enormous games against Bayern Munich to get really, really excited about. And no matter how brilliant Bayern Munich are, and they are on fire right now in German football, absolutely outstanding. It's going to be a seriously tricky doubleheader, that one. But as Arsenal showed against Manchester United, they are capable of blowing... Teams away, And I think they can blow any team away if they played like they did against Manchester United. The football, when they play at that pace, with that fluency, they're incredibly hard to stop. And at times when they've played Bayern Munich in recent years, they've exhibited that and they've really rattled them. So no, let's go for it. Let's, let's try and beat Bayern Munich for sure. If it doesn't work out, then I certainly feel that we will be prioritising the Premier League.
1: So in terms of Arsenal's best performance of the season so far as we enter this little international break... <laughs>
0: It's a no-brainer, isn't it? It has to be the Manchester United performance. Fresh in the mind. Yeah, absolutely. But there have been some good ones on home turf. You know, There have been some really impressive patches of games. But against Manchester United, what I loved was the uh, tactical and mental application was pretty much bang on. Both sides of Arsenal's game functioned perfectly. The fluency was there, but also there was a tactical plan and they got it absolutely bang on. And in the second half... They adjusted and and did what a sensible team does and they just... Basically, just shut up shop and said, look, we're just going to see this game out nice and comfortably. And that's what happened. It was it was a near faultless performance.
1: Of course, we like to normally finish these chats, Adrian, with saying in a sentence, how do you beat dot dot dot. But there is no <laughs> how do you beat because it's an international break. So we have slightly amended it for
0: you in a sentence. How would you sum up Arsenal's start okay. to the season? OK, um, I'd sum up Arsenal's start to the season by saying that it's been hit and miss. But it's building. Arsenal are definitely in the title mix. That's full time on
1: this week's show. My thanks to Aaron Ramsey, to Adrian Clark, and to Paul Belverstone for their contributions today. Remember, you can tweet your questions to the podcast by using the hashtag Arsenal Weekly. Remember, if you've not hit the subscribe button already on iTunes, do so, and then you'll never miss an episode. We're back on Monday, October the 12th. And until then, it's bye for now. And come on, you gunners. Thanks for listening to the Arsenal Weekly Podcast. You can listen to a new episode every Monday by going to Arsenal.com or the Arsenal SoundCloud page. The Arsenal Weekly Podcast.
3: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part?